none that wait on the Lord be ashamed. Praise God. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Such a wonderful day. Amen. God is so awesome and so good. Amen. Praise God. We are starting a new lesson uh, this month. We're talking about a better way. Now, who can tell me what we talked about last month and how it impacted you? And how did that affect you? How did talking about a better sacrifice affect you uh, in your walk? Anybody? Did you learn anything? Do I need to teach it again? <laughs> the army way. Repetition. Amen. Chad is standing up. He's going to tell us what it was all about. Oh, you're not. Oh, <laughs> Okay, anybody want to share what you got out of last month's lesson? Nobody got anything out of last month's lesson. I guess I'm going to have to teach it again. Anybody? Go ahead. Anybody else want to add, take away, subtract, minus? Sister Parker. Right. If you remember, we were talking, you know, and, you know, if you get nothing out of it, you know, the lesson, you know, we, we focused a lot on Ephesians 2 last month. Uh, you know, Paul tells us that we were Gentiles. We were without hope. We were without God in this world. Amen. And because of that sacrifice, that perfect sacrifice, Jesus Christ, who died for us, it brought us in to the fold. And so now we have hope. We have, you know, God in our lives. Amen. And we all the promises that God made to Abraham are now for us as well. And so we need to rejoice in that fact that we got something so much better than than what was there before. And so that's what God has has did for us. He's come to make things so much better for us. And if we don't capture that, we'll be like that hamster in the cage constantly spinning your wheels. You know, the enemy does, he doesn't, he, his desire, as Jesus said, is to kill, steal, and to destroy. See, but we've got to realize what we've got a hold of now. You know, and with Christ, we should, as Peter says, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. We're going to a better place. We learn uh, through the Paul's writing, you know, we're dead in Christ. And so, therefore, we're new creatures in Christ now. And so, therefore, my old man is gone. I don't walk in sin. I don't live in sin. I don't operate in sin. I have to become, as James says, a doer of God's word now. I want God's word to be radiated in my life. I want God's word to be my pathway. And the way we reflect Christ is through our lives. We've got to live it. You know, this is why the right of Hebrews 6 says, Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you, things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. You know, with your salvation, that's living sacrifice came so many more better things. Say, so you can't focus on the old ways of life. If it's not in a line, if you say I'm born again, then your life has got to line up with the word of God. It can't be a depressive life. Depression didn't come with salvation. Hopelessness did not come with salvation. None of these things came with salvation. 
Say, so you have to learn how to build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You don't want to be like the children of Israel and hang your harps on the willow and stop doing and praising and magnifying and glorifying God. See, true worship, and we'll talk about this later on in some of the lessons, true worship is you move to a standpoint that where you're willing to give God your very best. That's why when you look at Abraham taking Isaac to Mount Moriah, you know, he had three days to change his mind. See, but he says when he got to that mountain, you know, stay here to his servants. Me and the lad, we're going yonder in worship, and we're coming back again. In other words, Abraham says, I'm going to give God my very best. See? And and that's what I'm going to do. Even if it costs me everything, I'm going to give him my very best. And so who's the very best? You are. Say, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world. Get the world out your mind. Be transformed. Renew your thinking. You're a whole new creature now. I can't think the same old way I always thought. My, my ways are not going to work the way God's ways work. God's ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts unless I'm in line with his word. If I'm in line with his word and if I'm in line with his thoughts, then it's going to line up. But if I'm thinking my own way, it ain't going to ever work. It doesn't work that way. So I have to get to that point that he is my living sacrifice. He, he makes things so much better for us. And that's why when we read that and we realize where we were, man, the same way when you first came into church and you got the Holy Ghost and you got baptized in Jesus' name, that same zeal and eagerness should be in you. Okay? You should live in a spirit of thankfulness a spirit of joy, a, th- a spirit of gratitude. All these things should just be radiating, bubbling out of you all the time. You should be looking for something to do in the kingdom of God all the time. See? Because as we've heard all last week, you're missionaries, you're ambassadors for, for Christ. Amen. And so you've got to get involved. So we're, we're, I'm sure we'll be back and forth in this lesson. But we want to look at this month. Amen. We want to talk about a better way, a better way. Now, notice Jeremiah 6, 16 on your papers there. And you know I will be all across the spectrum in this as we go. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein and what will happen? You'll find rest for your soul. So ask yourself that question right now. Do you have rest? If you don't have rest, peace, and contentment in your life as a born-again believer all the time, you're probably not in the way. You might be in the way, but some of your ways are crooked. Some of your thinking is not in line with the Word of God. So you have to correct what they used to say, your stinking thinking. <laughs> you got to get your thinking in line. So God is in stop. He says, ask, where's the old paths? Where's the good way? And get in it. And you're going to find rest to your soul. See? This is why Isaiah says, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Wherefore he says, this is the rest that shall call the weary the rest, and this is the refreshing. See, the Holy Ghost is the refreshing. Jesus is our refreshing. That's why he's a better sacrifice. He gave us what we needed to be successful. He gave us what we needed, amen, to make this journey all the way. If you want to put it this way, he filled your tank full of gas and you can go all the way. It's never going to run out of gas. You know, as long as you keep praising him, worshiping him, it's just those things is designed and prayer. You're just filling up the gas tank all over again. 
So you've got an unlimited resource to carry you all the way to the end. So we have to stand in the way, amen, and ask, where is the old path? But notice what they say. We're not going to walk therein. It's no different than if I stand here and tell you what you need to do to, to get right, and you say, well, I'm not going to do that. That's that's what he's saying. If I give you the direction how to fix your problem, you say, well, I don't want to do that. It's not my problem if you don't fix it. If God tells you to do something in his word and you don't do it, it's not God's problem if if your your situation don't get better, if it's not fixed. Because what you're saying to God, I don't want to do that. See? So you have to ask yourself, am I in the way? I want to be in the way. There are many things that we can observe and see that shows us that many are in the wrong path and heading in the wrong ways. Things such as teen pregnancies, discretion, discretion, excuse me, of one's body, drugs and alcohol abuse, promiscuity, perversion, backsliding, and filthiness of the flesh are signs of being in the wrong path and heading in the wrong way. These are just a few of the things that goes against God's word and reveal the path that many are on. Amen. And we got some scriptures there. Hopefully you have read those. We'll come back across those in a few minutes. Solomon states, there is a way which seem right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs fourteen twelve. Notice the way in one's own eyes may seem right and they may be well pleasing to him, but is it the right way and pleasing to God? We must ask ourselves, where does this road that I'm on lead? And no one can come unto the Father but by Jesus Christ, John fourteen six. When we become born again of the water and the Spirit, we must now follow Jesus as he is the only way. Moses said unto the Lord, Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, Exodus thirty three thirteen. Moses wanted to know the way as there is a right way and a wrong way, and we must know the difference. So during this lesson, we're going to look at some of the ways, God's better ways, so that we may become more like him. Amen. And so that's why I said we've got to stop and ask ourselves, All right, am I in the right way? How would you know if you're in the right way? God's word. Okay, so if I read God's word and then I can compare myself and see if I'm in the right way. So if I'm out of the way, what I got to do, I got to get in it. See, (laughs) recalculate. Amen. You got to get in the right way. This is what God wants. He's got a better way for us. The way, as Solomon said, there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end is the ways of death. Because usually we don't look at the end. We look at where we are right now and we get in that pathway or someone tell us that you need to be doing this or you need to be doing that. And we don't evaluate it and determine or ask God, is this the right way? See? So we have to make right choices and right decisions about the road and where we're headed. Where are we headed? You know, we're going to heaven, I pray. So therefore, I've got to make sure I'm in that way that leads to heaven. There is a way that seemeth right. You know, how many times have you seen people that think they're on the right course or the right career or whatever, and all of a sudden it comes to an end, and then they don't know what to do? Say, we've got to make sure we are in the right way. So the Lord says to Jeremiah, ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And they shall find rest for their soul. But they said, we will not. Amen. So if God tells you that you are not in the right way, you don't get in the right way, don't expect God to bless you. To be in the right paths in the right way is, as you've already said, to be obedient to the word of God. And that's why we talk about the importance of studying God's word and getting an understanding of God's word. Precept must be upon precept and line must be upon line and here a little and there a little. God is going to lead you as you follow his word. You will see, as David said in the Psalms, the word is what? It's a light unto my, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Say, 
So if the only way I can ensure that I'm in the right way is according to the Word of God. Say it lightens, it illuminates where I need to go, and it will show me the right way. There's a better way than the way that I'm in right now, or you might be in right now. Amen. We can disagree, but if we are not in accordance with His Word, we ain't going to make it. Every path has an end. Every road comes to a stop somewhere. You know, it's amazing to me, people go down roads and the big sign says, dead end. You know, and they think they can get through. You know, the other day, I, I saw a sign, and I, I, I beat myself up a little bit here, but I was on a road, and it says, road closed ahead. Okay, I figured, okay. The roads close ahead. They got to be a detour somewhere on the road because there was no sign when I got on the road. The, the sign was way down the road, about five miles down the road, you know. And then here pops this sign says road closed ahead. You know, I says, well, OK, to myself, well, if it's closed ahead, then they got that shit. Tell me which way I'm, I need to go. I get up to the barricade and all the sign says roads closed. That's all it said. You know, I'm going, you got to be kidding me. You know, so what I do, I had to turn around and go back. I would have thought that it says at the beginning, the road is closed five miles ahead and you can't get through. But it didn't. It just said road's closed. I guess they fear, you know, it's closed. Don't go down it. Right. And that's the way it is in in life. God tells us in his word, don't go that way. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, it's off limits, it's closed. But what do we do? We get in it anyhow, and we keep going. And then we get upset when we hit the dead end. See? So we've got to be aware of these things. Amen. By all accounts, Apollos would have been in the right way. Let's look at Acts chapter 18, verse 24. Acts 18, verse 24 through 26. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born of Alexander, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the ways of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expound to him the way more perfectly. Notice, by all accounts, Apollos was in the right way. He was eloquent in Scripture. He was teaching about the Lord. But all he knew was the baptism of John the Baptist. You know, by all accounts, it says that Apollos was probably brought up in one of the highest schools in Alexandria, Egypt. And so he was eloquent in the law of Moses and able to interpret the law and explain the law and the things about the Lord. But he didn't have all the puzzle. Amen. But notice what it says about Aquila and Priscilla. They took him to him and expounded to him the way more perfect. You see, under the Old Testament, it wasn't called apostolic. It wasn't called Pentecostal. It was called the way. Amen. And that's what they called when you read the scripture. It was called, Paul was looking for any he found in this way. It was called the way. That's why you go back into the early 20th century, you will find that that's what they were saying. It, are you in the way? Are you in this way? Are you in the right way? What is the way? Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, in the way, in the perfect way, in the right way. So they expound to Apollos the perfect way. That's what you have been chosen to do. There's people that know about Jesus. There's people that can stand and quote scriptures perfectly. You know, they can worship, they can give, they can do all the things, but they're not in the correct way. See, and so it's you and my responsibility and job is to help get them into the better way, the perfect way, and the way called straight. 
Amen. Remember what Paul was sent in Acts 9. What did the Lord tell him? Arise and go to the street called what? Straight. And there it will be told you what you need to do. And Apollos is now sent by God to get Paul in the straight way. If you remember, Paul was eloquent just like Aquila was. He knew the ways of the Lord. He was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel. He understood the laws of God. And so what was he doing? He was arresting everyone that he felt was against the almighty God not having the knowledge of God. Say, And that's what we find even in our world today. A lot of people have knowledge of God, but it's what Paul says, not according to truth. See, you've got to have complete truth to be in the way. See, I can know about him. I can talk about him. But i got to get in the straight and narrow way. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 7, Enter ye at what? The straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which what? Go in thereat. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that lead to life, and few there be which find in Matthew chapter 7. Amen. You've got to get into straight and narrow. It's tight, as the old folks used to say, but it's right. A lot of people don't want to, don't want to follow holy living. They don't want to follow the ways of God correctly. They want to squirt the edges. If you ever notice on a pathway sometimes or on the roadway, if you're driving, you run off the road, what happened? You, you, you know about it, don't you? Your car started hitting on the rail. And what is, what did they put those lines on the side of the road for? To wake you up. Get your attention is why they're cut in the side of the road like that. So when your car get out of the lane, it, it wakes you up, lets you know, oh, you're going off the road. Get back on the road. Well, that's when you look at the church, that's all standards is, what we like to call standards, which I call the articles of faith. They're guardrails. That's all it is. They're guardrails. They keep you in the middle of the road. They said, don't go this far. <laughs> you know, don't keep going that way. You're going to run off the road. You're going to run out of the path. Stay in the lane. Say, we've got to be in the right way. Remember, Solomon says there's a way that seems right. But it's the end of death. See, you want your eyes to see. You want the lamp to shine bright where you're headed. And that's why you need the Word of God continually so it leads you. So by all accounts, Apollos was, and Paul was 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 in the right way, but they was not in the right way. So what happened? They had to get in the right way in order to walk in that way. See, that's why when you look at Paul's life after he's baptized and received the Holy Ghost, he spends time with the Lord. He comes back to Jerusalem, you know, and he goes up to Jerusalem and he realized, hey man, I've got the same stuff as the other apostles of Jesus Christ has. Only my call is to the Gentiles and theirs is to the Jews. See? So he realizes he's got the same thing. You look at Apollos. And they think you notice Apollos and Paul are linked up together. They're laboring together. He's laboring with the other apostles. See? So there's many like that out there that has knowledge of God and is instructed in the Word of God. I believe that there's many people that love God and has the Word of God and can quote the Scripture. Matter of fact, one of the guys that, that caused me to, to get motivated about myself and start memorizing Scriptures was a Pastor Ayala at the Good Shepherd on the south side. I came home one Christmas and went to a service over there with my mother-in-law, and he walked out and quoted Luke chapter 2 at Christmas, you know, and I says, my goodness, here's this guy, and I'm saying he ain't got full truth, and he can quote a whole chapter of Luke chapter 2 about the Christmas story, and I can't. So it motivated me. Just to wait a minute here. You need to get it more into this. And so that energized me to start studying and memorizing Scripture. See, 
we got to get in this right way. We got to get in this thing. Amen. So we want to make sure our attitudes are right. We want to make sure that we're not lacking in disobedience and submission to the things of God and to the words of God. And we want our actions and conducts to not be stinking. We don't want hidden sin to be in our lives. Amen. We want to be what God wants us to be. If we're in the right road, those things are not going to happen in our lives. Our attitudes are going to be right. Our conduct is going to be right. As Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 6, I mean 4, 12 through 16, he says, Let no man what? Despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer and word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. Until I come, give attendance to read and exhortation to doctrine. Continue in these things. Amen. Don't forget the laying on of the hands of the presbyter. He says, if you continue in the doctrine, you're going to save yourself and everyone that hears it from you. Verse 16. See, you, you, you've got to, to stay in the right way. This is a better way. Amen. We're going to a better place. But there's so much joy that's waiting. As, as, what does the Bible say? I have not seen and ear haven't heard the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. Why don't we go after them? Why don't we seek for them? Why don't we search for them? Stand ye, ask where is the old path? Where is the good way? And get in it so I can have the rest and contentment that I need in my life. Amen. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be downtrodden. I don't want to be despondent. I want to be what God says. Notice what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure and earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, we're confused, but we're not hopeless, despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Christ might be manifested in us. Though the outward man perish, verse 18, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The light afflictions which worketh in you only for a moment, they're working for you a more eternal and exceeding weight of glory. For we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Are you in the right path? Are you in the right way? Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, examine yourself. Prove your own self. Know ye not how that Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. Verse 6, he said, but I trust that you know that you're not a reprobate. I hope you know you're not rejected and hopeless and, you know, all these things and rejected of God. God did not choose you to reject you. He chose you to save you. So notice what he says. Examine yourself. You have got to check out yourself. Prove your own self. Compare yourself to the Word of God. That's how you prove yourself. That's how you test yourself. Why am I, why don't I have joy? Why am I running across the top of the pews? <laughs> huh? Why, why am I not excited about church? Why am I not feel excited about going telling somebody about God? What's hindering me? See, if I'm in the right path, then that's going to drive me. That's going to push me. You know, I have to seize every opportunity. See, I can talk a good game. I can talk about all the things I do and all the stuff I do. But you know when the rubber meets the road? When I really live for God and let him be reflection in me. And I'm willing to let others see that in me. And to be able to explain to them what God has done for me. 
with joy and speakable. See? That, that lets you know you're in the right way. See, you shouldn't even go to bed at night if you haven't told somebody about the Lord. Whether it's your own family. Whether, you know, it's your neighbors. Whether it's somebody you run into Wally World. <laughs> you know, you should seize every opportunity. Because why? You're in the way. The straight way. The perfect way that leads to eternal life. If God set them in your way, guess what? You should tell them. One of these times I'm thinking I'm going to just stand up in a restaurant and just start preaching. Because it seems like I walk into place and ain't nobody there and then the place just fill up. So I guess, well, might as well tell you. Yeah. I told the council downtown as I got ready to open in prayer last month, I says, well, well, I guess I got a captive audience. I might as well tell you all what you need to hear. <laughs> you know, so, but, but you, you, you've got to seize the opportunity because we're in the right way. See? So examine yourself. Spend some time looking at you. How much time do you spend looking at you? We get up in the morning, we walk to the mirror and go, <sighs> Oh, I got a gray hair here. Oh my God, I'm gonna get no. Huh? That happened to everybody? Why not just as man? Look at all the wisdom I'm getting. <laughs> you got so much wisdom. <laughs> hey, but, but, <laughs> but think about it. Examine yourselves. Look at your life and say, hey, am, am I in line here with what God is wanting me to be and what God is wanting me to do in my life? See, he will show you. You have not. Why? Because you ask not. How do you talk to God when you pray? Do you give him all your laundry list of things you want him to do for you and not let him tell you what you need to do? That's always my prayer is, okay, God, where am I at today? Show me. Search me, oh God. Try me. See if there was wickedness in me. And if it is, I need you to get it out or reveal it to me so I can get it out. If I got a bad attitude, if I said something to my wife or my kids or anybody else yesterday or today that I shouldn't know, I need to know. Did I do anything that I didn't please you? See, that's how I talk to God. See, because that's, that's what I want to know. I want to know if I'm in the way. See, so I have to, I have to get, so I have to examine myself here. Look at me. As James says, if you look into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God, and you continue therein, and you be not a forgetful here but a doer, what's going to happen? You're going to be blessed. Every born-again child of God should be filled with blessings. It should be overflowing. Like the Lord told Joshua, he says, don't ever let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. He says, if you continue in it, you do it, you be strong, you will be strong and prosper and have good success. Amen. So we have to examine ourselves. We, we quote Romans 1.28, right? Through, uh, you know, Paul talks about, you know, that God would gave them over to what? A reprobate mind. Why did he give them over to a reprobate mind? They were not thankful, right? They were not thankful. See, it's easy to sit around and complain about things. Where's your attitude of gratitude? And everything give thanks. God, I got a bad headache, but thank you. My head is still there. <laughs> Amen. And everything give thanks. Get into an attitude of gratitude. That'll keep you in the right way. See? 
Hang in there. Examine yourself. Do I thank God enough? Is my life well pleasing to God? If I'm a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, I want to be well pleasing. I don't know when he's going to want to, to sacrifice me. You know? But I need to be in that right way so that if I'm asked to, by God to go someplace, then what road he turns me down to go, I want to be able to hear his voice. I want to be able to know what to say when I get there. It's a better way. See, when I know his voice is when I hear his voice and when he's leading me, as the Psalms say, show me the way. Lord, teach me thy paths. Ask, where's the old way? Where's the good path? Where's the old good path? Where's the old way? And walk in. So you find rest, the contentment, that serenity, that calmness, that peace of life. Amen. That God will bring you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1, he says, Amen. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of who? Christ. Paul says, you follow me because I'm following Christ. See, even in our families, the head of household, we should be following Christ so that everyone else behind us will follow Christ. So be you followers of me, even as I am of Christ. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us, and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather given what? Of thanks. See, be followers of God. Do His Word. Follow me, Paul says, as I follow Christ. See, we've, we've got to get a hold of this thing. He's going to try to give us this better way of life. See, the old life did not reward you a whole lot of things. See, the end of that life was death. We had to be born again. Amen. We was without God. We was without hope in this world. But now we are the children, but God, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, who is rich in his love and mercy towards us. He saved us. By grace are you saved, not a works lest any man should boast, but is the gift of God. He wanted us to be in the right way and the right path. Amen. It's a better way that he's trying to take us to. Better things in life than those old things of before. Amen. John tells us in 1 John 2, verse 24 through 29, he says, Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise He hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written to you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointed which you have received of Him abide in you, need not any man teach you, but as the same anointed teach you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as he have taught you, you should abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of God. Amen? And we saw last month in 1 John 3.10, we identified the children of God and children of the devil, right? So see, if I say I'm Christ, I got to abide in him. And the reason I need to abide in him, because why? He is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. So I've got to stay connected. And the way I stay connected is to be obedient to his word and do what his word tells me to do. Because I want to be in the right way. 
and in the right path, John says here. Amen. First John 2, verse 4 through 6. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Are you keeping his commandments? Are you doing the truth? Ask yourself. Look and see. Are you in the right road? Are you in the old way? Are you in the good path? You in there? Don't get out. <laughs> Stay in there. In that road that leads to eternal life. But whosoever keepeth not his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith uh, he abide in him ought himself also to do what? Walk even as he walked. If I say I'm in Christ, I've got to walk the same way that he walked. I've got to walk in righteousness. I've got to walk in truth. I've got to walk in love. I've got to walk in forgiveness. Amen. I've got to walk in joy. I've got to walk in humility. I've got to walk in faith. I've got to walk the same way he walked. If I say he's in me and I'm in him. Why? Because he's in me. I can't walk contrary to what's inside of me. Eh? It's a better way. Not the old way. Not the old path. But the new way. That leads to eternal life. Amen. He's going to lead me where there's no booby traps. He's going to go before me to wake the way straight. He's going to lead me. When the children of Israel came out of the, Egypt, they had the cloud in the day to lead them, and they had a pillar of fire by night to lead them. And where was God taking them? He was taking them to the promised land. Amen. He was with them. We have the same, what? Promise. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. I, I might not see the same cloud or the same pillar of fire, but I got to know in my heart that he's there. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. That's why the children of Israel, not the children of Israel, but the disciples of the Lord, if you notice, God always tested them a lot of times when they're in the middle of the ocean or the sea. You know, now you got to make a choice. Which way are you going? He says, I'm with you all the way, even until the ends of the world. So all I got to do is just be obedient to his word and do what his word tells me to do. And I'm in the better path. I'm in the better way. Say, he's going to take care of me. He's going to lead me. He's going to direct me. He's going to guide me. Amen. Moses even said in Exodus chapter 12, verse 12 through 15, here, you know, in the Psalms, is like, back up just a little bit, Psalm 25, we sung it a few minutes ago. David says, show me thy way, O Lord, and teach me thy path. God, show me. Show me where you want me to go. Show me where you want me to be. Show me what you want me to do. I want to be in that better way. Amen. Exodus 33, verse 12 to 15. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou says unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. See, he says, I'll need you to show me thy way by grace or you say, now you need to be praying, God, show me thy way. How do you want me to go, God? What do you want me to do? Because I know where you're leaving in me is so much better than the path that I was in before. I know the pathway I was in before. See? He, his grace is sufficient for us. He, he saved us by his grace. So now let's ask him, God, what do you want me to do? Show me the way, Moses said. 
Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, show me thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, now notice what God says to Moses. My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. See? God says, I'm going with you, Moses, and I'm going to give you rest. That's why he says, Jeremiah, tell the people, where's the good path? Where's the old way? Get in it so you find rest, because God is going to be in it with you. See? There's a better way. And notice what he says. Moses says, and he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, then don't carry me up. (laughs) Moses says, if you ain't going, don't carry me. Amen. Kind of bold statement. But you look at Moses praying and talking to God. It was kind of bold. You know, we need to have that same attitude. We as a kid, Dad, come on. <laughs> you know, if you're not going, I'm not going either. I want to know you are there. And we have the promises of God that, hey, I'll be with you all the way to the end of the earth. So when he says go, go. Get in the path. Don't lean to your own understanding. Just trust him with all your heart. Amen. Amen. So Paul, right into the church of Corinth, expounds to stay in the way. And so, therefore, we must understand that outside of the way is no life and no peace. Amen. Number one, the way of peace. I got about five minutes to touch on this. Uh, to lay a little foundation, and we'll come back on that. Amen. What is peace? What do you think about peace? Now, I know, you know, it's serenity and calmness and all that stuff, you know, but in your own life, what do, what do you what do you look for when you think about peace? What do you what do you look for when you you say I, I want peace? Rest, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. You you have that. Go ahead. Right. Okay. Amen. Okay. Having that security and, and assurance that, that God is there. You see, that's the, that's the key to the peace is you've got the promise of God that I'm not going to lead you. See, so you know he's always there. You know he will give you rest. You know, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. See, that serenity, the calmness and things, it should always be around us. Because the Prince of Peace is in us. See? So, my life should not be turned upside down. Just because I have a situation, just because I have a circumstance that doesn't look like it's pleasing to me, I should still have the serenity and calmness and joy of the Lord in my life. Because why? He's there. See, I'm in the way. It came with, peace came with my salvation. See, the contentment, the serenity, the calmness, the tranquil life is there. See, don't lean to your own understanding. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, notice what Paul says in Philippians 4. You know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understandings will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So you cast it to God and you say, okay, God is in your hands, you know. I know you've got it in control, and I just keep walking in the straight and narrow path, 
the better way that he's put me in because he knows the way that I go and the thoughts that I have, amen, and the things of my life, amen. I should have be healthy and good health, they prospering and, and good health in the things of God because that's what peace does is it keep me in a calm and healthy environment and state of life. But if I have discontentment and, and uncommonness, you know what is going to happen? I'm going to work myself into ill health. See, we've got to have calmness and peace. And he is the prince of peace. You know, a lot of people worry themselves into utsers and all kinds of stuff instead of letting that peace work. Let him work. He'll work if you let him. Amen. He got you in the right way. So stay in the way. See, the enemy of your soul want to do everything to pull you out the way. But the better way is to say, I'm in here and I'm trusting God. No matter what goes on in my life, I know all things work together for good to them that love him, to them who are the call according to his purpose. Amen. So I just touched the foundation on that. We'll get back to it next week. Amen. The Lord should tarry. Amen. And so with that, amen. So we're going to be talking about some of these things now on our sheet, uh, the ways of peace and some of the other things that uh, we're going to talk about. Amen. The way of righteousness, the way of life, the way of holiness, the way of duty. Amen. All these things are in this better way. And when hopefully at the end of the month, man, you realize how great this way really is. Amen. Praise God. All right. Continue to remember one another in prayer. Continue to remember our dear friend, Brother Don Grant, our pastor up in New Richmond. Amen. That uh, God will continue to touch him and let healing flow to his body and his life. Amen. Yes.